Which brings me to this. Jeff was gone. You were gone. That's right. You were gone. I was here, but I was scaffolding. And you guys have now come and taken it, this church, to a whole awesome, different, powerful, better, stronger, <laughs> more awesome level than I think it has ever been. Wow. You, Jason, and Jeff. Hello. Welcome to Table Talk Podcast. We're continuing our conversation on growing up in church. I'm with the one and the only Jason Wilson and the Yellow. one and the only Darren Penley. Hi. Say hello, guys. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hey. So um, nice to see you we've again. done a couple of these. We talked about um, kind of our stories and what it looked like growing up in church in the 70s and the 80s. So uh, it's the, the logical next step is the 90s. So Great Jason, music during the 90s. Great music. Absolutely. Jason, yes. where were you in the 90s? I was 10 years old in 90. Um, so <laughs> I was running around church. So you were um, in church for sure. In church, yes. So I don't know. I, did, I grew up in church, so that's all I knew. So right. it You're was born. the most normal thing on the planet to sort of, you know, be sitting with your friends, messing around in the middle of some super serious <laughs> seminar, <laughs> <and> death, <laughs> heaven and hell situation. Yeah, and well. you're just a little kid, uh, you know, having fun, messing around. So, <laughs> and Darren, um, so in the 80s, you went to Bible school with Jeff. Yes, in 85 so, through 87. So in the Rama. 90s, that was that, that was like full-blown in practice? Or? Right. I When I left... Rama in 87 i came back to obc to help out open bible because you know i was full of god's word and but then somehow some way it was probably another camp meeting time mm -hmm. some sort of annual revival going on here at back then at christ life sanctuary right that i hooked up with jeff again but that was all, that was kind of a connection. But then I got involved somehow in the church of just in youth and young adults, but that was a little bit later in the nineties. But the, basically in the nineties is where I started to really find a home Roots. here from Planted. my early influences at OBC and then Jeff meeting Jeff in high school. And then going to Raymond 80, 85 and 86 and 87. Then coming back to OBC, leaving OBC and coming to Christ Life in the 90s. Yeah. Nice. Darren was my youth pastor. <laughs> yes. And we had, well, that's a great place okay. right there. We can go there. But well, we, were we had amazing times. So I, I was gone. And we'll get to that in a minute. Yes. I was like gone, gone from church in the 90s. <laughs> But one of the, my favorite stories about you being the youth pastor and Jason being in there is I want you guys just real quick to talk about this like 12-hour Lord of the Rings-a-thon. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 19, like, yeah, it Jason. Was, it was like Jason's... 1999. That was like right at the end. Okay, we're still yeah, there, is... though. 
okay. this is the the end of this is this was at the end of where I was oh, I was almost at the end of being the youth pastor. Yeah, I, I think Darren was. Yeah, I was done. He it was had, twelve years. This was twelve youth years. Youth time had run its course. Twelve years. Twelve years but, as a youth but pastor. But for those listening or watching, the um, average <laughs> youth pastor um, lifespan is eighteen months. <laughs> so it's true. So well, Darren, twelve man, years. We're we're going over so much right now. Yeah, but, we'll have to skip. We we went straight to the end of the nineties. Right, that was like I was end, ten though. years old. I didn't know I was now, gone. Now I'm nineteen years old. So we we were. Uh, I took the the kids in a in a fifteen passenger van to Cincinnati to watch the Lord of the Rings marathon, not just the last Return of the King marathon, Fellowship of the Ring and Two Towers and Return of the King all in the same day, all in a row. Extended edition. The extended editions of each. Oh man! And we got t you know I got a t shirt you know we just something to, for us to do and and it was it was a mind twister and by the end. <laughs> I didn't even want to see anymore. And I'm the rings freak. But <laughs> I literally had PTSD from, no, we from couldn't, we couldn't the visceral overload. Just think it was IMAX too. It so just insane. the action scenes for that period hours. of time. It was like I, I couldn't watch movies for months afterwards. It was like 11. My stomach. 11 hours, wasn't it? Like nine, <laughs> it was insane. 10, we got there in the morning straight. and left. Late at night, and it, it really messed with my head. <laughs> that's what you said. I remember Jason telling me it was like, like almost like full blown hallucinations. Oh yeah, it was like, really bad, without a doubt. It was bad. All right, so I, did, I skipped all the way to the end of the nineties. So the beginning of the nineties was when we were in the youth, kind of together. Jason, me, Justin. So the beginning of the nineties. Were you still here? Had you? Well, left yeah. Right? So okay, that, let's go there. Let's, let's go, go to the there. Beginning. Perfect. Because beginning of the nineties. Because it's a great. I should have gone here a minute ago. Because you talked about how you'd gone eighty five, eighty six, eighty seven to Rama. You and Jeff, pastor at Life Point Church. You were roommates. Two out of five guys, right? Lived five in guys one in tiny one little place. Right. Rama Bible College, Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. Correct. So when I was in high school. I played like in a punk rock band, like garage band called Sunken Giraffe, junior high, high school. But coming out of that, you know, I had this awesome experience with Jesus. And I decided I wanted to follow in Jeff and Darren and Rodney's footsteps. And I was going to go to Raymond Bible College. So I graduated in 91. So I was right here at this church, Christ Life, at that time. But, uh. When it came time to graduate, instead of going to Raymond Bible College, instead, I joined punk rock band, quit going to church entirely, and toured the world <laughs> for like five years. So little, little bit of a different direction there. And there's a whole video, ladies and gentlemen, that you can uh, shameless plug. Shameless plug yeah, for the, the Brainiac yeah, video the, that you can get online. Yeah, called Transmissions After Transmissions Zero. Yeah, it was in a band called zero. Brainiac. Right. And uh, at first, I just thought it was going to be something fun. It's kind of a side project to do. And my best buddy, Jeremy, had me try out for the band. And so I met the guys. But the second I heard the songs, I was like, this is something I've never heard before. Just really special. And uh, it just happened almost overnight. We just started traveling and touring and the DIY thing. And the 90s were wide open musically because it was. Nirvana and the whole Pacific Northwest grunge thing just 
cracked the whole universe wide open. You know, you had the 80s, a little bit of that alternative stuff was going on, but it was still very much Madonna, Michael Jackson, pop, mainstream kind of stuff. And now all of a sudden, you know, you've got this grunge music, just, uh, and it made the record labels scramble. They were constantly, the entire 90s, I almost have a little empathy for them, having lived through it, like being courted by them and stuff, and the, the A&R people and stuff, labels. But I almost have this empathy because they were just, ever since Nirvana happened, they were always trying to find the next Nirvana. Mm. And it was like this endless pursuit that would never, ever happen. Right. It was like a magic. Like something magical happened. Mm-hmm. It just shifted cultural everything. Shift. Yeah, it was a big cultural shift. I mean, I've heard people say that, you know, Nirvana is why Bill Clinton was elected president. And there was a whole bunch of change happened. It's from that whole musical shift and the taste. And, got kind of caught with the wave. Yeah, absolutely. Not saying we weren't good. Not saying we didn't work hard. We worked our butts off. Traveled nine months out of the year, but it was definitely like this ride and this wave got swept up. But uh, definitely took me out of church. And I don't regret the experience at all. Rainick no. was awesome. I, man, I've enjoyed reconnecting with all my old friends and doing this documentary and all that kind of stuff. But it was definitely definitely was a detour of what was originally in my heart there at the turn of the 90s and that was to be a, a minister you to go into ministry officially well there was a i remember during those times there's such a i don't know such a, a deep friendship between uh, you and like you grew up here too with jason basically mm-hmm. and my connection with jeff automatically became my connection with everybody and especially, I haven't even got around to Rachel yet. The right. 90s. So anyway, I remember you calling me from London one night. <laughs> I'm scared. It, it, you were in a you were at you were in London touring with the band, and you called me on the phone, and I could and you were I said I said Tyler, where are you? <laughs> it's probably like four in the morning. For you oh yeah, it was. It was some crazy time of night, and you were calling me. And I could tell you were, you know, you've had a good time that night. And, <laughs> and, and by good time, I mean. Inebriated. Correct. So, <laughs> and you, and, and, and it was so strange. Like, D, I was like, Tyler, like, man, I just want to tell you, I love you, man. I love you, man. I was like, I, I love you, Tyler. What are you, where are you at? Are you at? Like, man, I, I kept telling you I was praying for you. We loved you. We loved yeah. you. All right, D. All right. That's the last thing I remember. That, that's, and that was kind of like a a snapshot of where Tyler's life, like where your life was at that time. You always had the connection yeah. to yeah. us. Even a, when you were in London. That's an interesting England. thing, too, because... I think for a lot of church kids, some some church kids. I was going there with church have, kid mentality. Have such bad experiences that they leave and never come back, and it's just an awful, terrible thing, um, like a cut and dry sort of feeling towards the church. And but not, you know, everybody's experience is different. And I think from from that story and from my own experience, it wasn't so simple. Like. We had gotten drawn out of church, but we still had a love 
for in a respect for the way we were raised yeah. and our experience and the totally. people there we missed and loved them. Yes. And so it was a confusing. It was confusing because mine was the opposite. Because I got a lot of friends that I still talk to this day and I understand. I completely I love to listen to them and, and hear their heart where they just had this awful experience growing up with church and just some baggage and history there. Right. Mine was the opposite. Right. It was yeah. wonderful. I mean, just best pastor and the best church and it was always the groundwork of how i would relate when you guys were doing your thing i would always relate to you that way because i never saw it any other and way you know this is an interesting point it never changed how i saw you right you know what i mean by that yeah because we're, we're talking never. about church, you saw like so, spirit tyler right i just saw you playing music and you know whatever yeah so i think the we're talking about early 90s too um we've we we had camp meetings sort of it was like a, a year uh, every year you had camp meeting in the summertime and they literally had a tent and um but as time went on they went away from the tent and just had it here in, in this room and um they seemed to get longer and longer um <laughs> i don't know if they were, were, were they that actually long. longer or they just no felt. i think they did, oh, they there, did. it was sort of a trend you were uh, more spiritual the Two longer days, four days. it went so there were times where it's just we're not gonna say when it ends we're just gonna keep it's the fire burning year but so so what that there was like a looseness there that that we've talked uh, about before where like some crazy stuff would happen but also it gave an opportunity some really beautiful things could happen and one of the things was with the music there was always music happening the music yeah, was like like jamming, man. Back in the day, I mean, there were times when the whole church would be on their feet dancing around the whole entire church, you know. And those kinds of like experiences, you know, on your on your emotions and your psyche and your spirit, they don't really go away. Right. And I remember even translating that into when I when I went on and played in a rock band. We were all church kids. And that was like our connection to like when it was really working well. Yeah. It was a similar feeling to what we had in church. That like, feeling of the, totally. of the spirit like, like and this, like, whoa, like something the, just that happened. Like this, like so, we flow. connected. Something just happened there. You whoa, whoa, what was that? You know? Yeah. But it's the same feeling you had in the church. So and it's weird because you see like footage or something of that time. I don't think it's fair. It's very easy to make yeah, fun of those kinds of times. If you were actually there and felt what was happening, it's quite a different experience, you know. Yeah, well, uh, it's also not a fair comparison because, I mean, you look at anything in the 80s. Yeah. And it, you know, skin clothes like to hair town. to experience you know I mean? to music Right, to and that's the other thing. The there was definitely a culture that ha had, had <laughs> come. There were like suits. Uh, a lot of mauve. A lot of burgundy, yeah. Yeah, a lot of mauve. Like, of... this whole place was mauve <laughs> And it carpet. wasn't just this church. It was, like, every church. Yeah, it was a lot of churches. It, it, yeah. How these things it kind like of happened. like a victorious... Yeah. Christus Victor yeah. robe. Yeah, those know. kind of trends never stop. It's gray right now, obviously. You can yeah. see this room is all gray. <laughs> gray is so hot. Gray is so dramatic. hot right now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Which will, in 10 years, say, why did we paint why everything we do gray? That? But I love that you said that too, like where we, we've kind of like, we've been tethered together. And what's so cool about us sitting down today, um, we're all not 30 anymore, won't divulge any ages, 
but uh, we always reference this Phil Kagi song called Full Circle because it just is very fitting that throughout, throughout all these decades and all this time, we somehow keep being brought back together. And I just have to believe that's God. Yeah. Because like you said, I called you in London, but there were times too where Jason, I think you and your brother Jeff called yeah. me once. Yeah. I was at a party and a, a rough one at that. And I was like, for those that don't know my story, I haven't heard my full, you know, what I've been through. I just found myself just addicted to drugs and just a total mess. And I remember Jeff, Jason called me. It was like 1139. I don't know why you guys just decided to call me. Uh, we could, uh, we both had a, I don't know, premonition, a, a spirit yeah, thing. I think I needed it, it. Let it go. Like, and I was a what, mess. Why can't we, why do we keep thinking about Tyler? You know? Yeah, and they called me. And I think I was waiting on a phone call from old boy to hook up with more drugs. So I was ready to answer the phone. I picked it up. Hello? Hello? And it's Jeff and Jason. Who I've heard yeah. from in decades because I was at the church for 15 years and I was freaked out. <laughs> I mean, I'm at this party, I'm a mess, and there's these voices from my church growing the up. Tethered voices. These though. tethered voices saying, Hey, just thinking about you, what's up? Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, and I think that's crazy because you think first step, all like I was talking about the culture and all that stuff, and some of it I like, some of it I don't. But that really wasn't the point. You know what I mean? If yeah. if those kinds of connections have lasted that long, there's obviously something more yeah, happening at the church. You know, well, I made the I made the connection when we we're in the youth group as Jason was growing up. I always knew there was such a special group of kids in the group. Jason was like the vanguard of creativity even back then, and. The music has been a connection between all of us. That's another thing. You know, we went through the vineyard phase. Mm -hmm. We went through the Hosanna music phase. Then Shout to the Lord came up and then Hillsong went crazy. And we had these long uh, camp meeting type things through the 90s. And uh, I remember there was a guy named Bill Morris that would come here and we had like a baptismal revival. It went for like two months straight every night. Every wow. night, people be baptized here. Oh, I mean, just and just things like that leave indelible impressions. And I always say, eat the hay and spit out the sticks because there's so much going on. You know, there was the laughter revival, and there was the word of God, the order of God revival, and the fivefold ministry emphasis, and everything that was going on in the charismatic movement. And I remember just just absorbing it all. You know. Yeah. And that and that and those other tethers, that's another thing for me. From the 90s for me was my most I would say my most productive spiritual working the when I worked the most with Rodney. Hmm. When when Rodney and I would be working hard and uh just being a part of uh the move what we would call a move of God at Christ's life that made this church one of the, you know, premier voices of the charismatic movement in the city headed wow. by Dr. Wilson. And it was a privilege for me to even have any kind of part in it whatsoever, let alone for 12 years. That's awesome. And just in the youth, that's not counting 10 years in the kids 
and then being the janitor before that. Right. With uh, Mike Davelt mm. and being being a part of all oh, this, awesome. all the stuff we did with Joshua House, mm. and and all and and all the things that uh, you know, school we established Christian Life School of Theology was here. So Joshua House, that was uh, we were trying, we were trying, we tried to do a Christian coffee music house. coffee house venue yeah. at one point, yeah. and I don't think we got too far, but we did have a couple shows. Yes. Who was the first show there? Jars of Clay. Jars of Clay. Yeah. That we talked about that in our last oh, podcast. Did you? Okay. That was when Jeff went to Boston. We, yeah, it, we did it for right a while, there. then Jeff went to Boston. Hmm. And he was gone for 10 years. Yeah. And that's when Rodney and I were here. And it was just and then 1997, in the heyday of me working here, I met my wife. I was getting ready and to I say. I have to get this in before of tethers, we go. We got, yeah, it's like the biggest tether of my life was the great honor of meeting my brother's sister, and her <laughs> even giving me a chance after a all I can describe is a fevered attempt to get her to even look my way was. An amazing accomplishment because and, and and for you guys to allow me to come into your world in an even more deeper way was a is the greatest honor of my life is her is being a part of uh the, you say her name yet rachel uh, rachel's yep marrying rachel in nineteen ninety seven was a demarcation <laughs> of uh, that was how my life, I thought my life had totally transformed up to <laughs> in this in the room, 90s. right? It was right here in this room up on that stage. Yes, with the lot with the burgundy and the uh, burgundy and with burgundy Braveheart carpet. playing in over the loudspeakers. Nice. And they were like, were there like 1700 steps in here? There's lots of steps. Yes. Yeah. And three pastors I brought in. I put oh, them in robes. The I did the whole thing, dude. Was Grimes part of that? Grimes, Pastor Grimes. Oh, that's yeah, so of cool, course. Man. See all these, all these dudes, all these good men and women of God are always there, and we, you know, and you know, you have the inner circle, obviously, of you know, you guys, but uh, and then Rachel gave me two amazing daughters. Yeah, that's awesome. That are now grown. Crazy. Eighteen. I mean, twenty. You've got one right now. Old. He's having to navigate this bizarre graduation. <laughs> During a pandemic, yeah, pandemic stuff. graduation, Ava and Olivia and Rachel. Now that has changed as much as the 1979 through 1997 changed me. 97 to 2020, a, a whole other lifetime was has been the absolute best part of and, me being a believer. And then coming out of the 90s too was part of your youth group. You were talking about how Jason was like a vanguard of creativity. He was. That's such a that's a great phrase. I'm stealing that. All right, great. Vanguard of creativity. Yes, <laughs> I'm going to steal that and describe myself that way. Yeah, <laughs> when I, he was. When when legally, I, re I rely. Legally on, change his name. I relied on Jason and Justin, my nephew and Crystal. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Crystal. Well, they were all in the youth group, and oh, she man, went on dude. to she went on to Real Art Studio. She's a nationally recognized graphic designer. Today, yeah. that's here's the so thing, cool. though. You're talking about being raised in church. So, as a kid, like I said, it was all I knew. So, it was the best. 
It was yeah. the best, though. It's all you do. All it's, my friends yeah. were there. I got to hang out with them. That's and then how it, I felt. We, we grew up and went to youth group together. It was the place to be. Yeah, they're running the land here. It was. Know? I mean, I, I, I wish I could say it was. It was just a, a great spiritual education, which it was. But there was also just a, a really, you know. Uh, you got to hang out with your friends. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it was a so, camaraderie. I had more. Uh, they affected me more. Jason and Justin and all these guys. We would do this thing called Fun House at my house. Oh man, just hang out day and the summertime. We would live with each other. Yeah, yeah. Just live with each Literally other. Literally, communion. Yeah, it was crazy, man. Like family. Yeah. Well, and then so I was in a band in the '90s. Got to travel and and experience some success. And out of that youth group, you ended up being in a band i did as well yeah and uh another guy in the band was also uh at one point in the youth group as well so. yeah he was like a worship leader right? yeah yeah nick. so we were we were you know Bloody nick um yeah the band name is mona it's still going nick's still going talented guy out there yeah. plugging away at it and um i just saw him he you know talking about covid that <laughs> all they can do is uh, oh. online shows right now. So, when, And what's so crazy about that in full circle, talking about being tethered together with all these relationships and divine appointments and everything, is so I, with my tail tucked between my legs, I came back to church, which was yet another phone call to you, Darren. Yes. Just pleading for my life. What do I do? So you send out this heartfelt invitation like only you could. I come back here in 2007. Palm Sunday, my whole life gets flipped upside down in the best kind of way. Come back to the church, come back to Jesus, and just this transformation starts happening from the inside out. But one of the first things I hear about is Jason's in this band. Mm. And so I get to go see him at Canal Street Tavern, places like disgustingly packed. Like you can't with you, bro. Move. move. Just this electricity. Day, and band I mean, playoffs. Everyone there, like, I mean, there are bands that are popular. Right. And they were really, really good, first of all. Yeah. But there are bands that are popular and have a following, but there was like there was like something more than that. Yes. Like everyone there, they were there. Yeah. Does that make sense? We were there for Jay. We were there for them. So <laughs> well, I walked in. I, it was just like it was like this thing you could feel. Yes. Just this intensity, and they were so good, and and uh, it was just so weird to like just get another weird kind of parallel. Of just and there's just another connection and another these connections and. Well, yeah, we were talking about that because we we both in our band experience. Um, at one point when we were being courted to, to, to be signed, uh, got to play for Rick Rubin. You got to hang out yes. with him. We did, we did a show, uh, I forget where, what, Viper Room maybe or something, but it was just him. Just, him. just played for Rick Rubin. Yes, it was just him. So we had to get up and play our set for just him. I think it was like his, a, a girl and he was dating and his friend or something. Oh man. So they were there and, uh, talking about church and craziness but i just i remember it was it's a foggy period in my life too but <laughs> drunkenly going up to him and telling i made sure that i wanted him to know of our spiritual roots <laughs> nice just ways for like yeah yeah i can tell you're so spiritual well, and for those listening that may not know what a big deal that was you said that was in the Viper Room. That's mm -hmm. a club in Los Angeles, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Club in Los Angeles that's owned by Johnny Depp. 
And if you don't know who Rick Rubin is, he is one of the most famous, infamous, incredible musical minds, producers, geniuses of all time. He discovered Beastie Boys, LL Cool J. He was part of the Johnny Cash resurgence, uh, Black Crows, Chili Peppers, just on and on and on and on. And so that was another weird parallel. Like Jason got to meet him and drunkenly tell him that. Uh, what was cool about him, the band I was in, Brainiac, we spent a whole week in Los Angeles where they told us it was the first time it ever had been done, where um, four or five major record labels split the bill to host us for the week and give us their individual pitches. So this is like 1996, I think, around there. And so we, Capitol Records took us, we had dinner with Mike D from the Beastie Boys at his restaurant. Uh, earlier that lunch, we went and had lunch with Flea from the Chili Peppers and his dog. And uh, just like all this whining and dining and just kind of wow factor. And I won't even tell you like the craziness like they would offer and just decadence. The Interscope was records. probably what the height of the record. Basically? It was. It was the height of their bad behavior. Why yeah. they no longer exist. <laughs> right before because it collapsed. They were just throwing money around yeah. hand over fist. But all these labels, one by one, were just like really trying to impress us with star power and all this kind of stuff. And when it came for Rick Rubin's turn, he wanted to sign us to his label, American Records, and he did the exact opposite. He came to our hotel and picked us up in his Bentley himself and drove us to his Hollywood Hills mansion and cooked us dinner. So it was one of the most amazing experiences of my life. We were at this gigantic, like 14 person dinner table. There's like this 12 foot tall polar bear hovering <laughs> over me. And we pretty much just talked about UFOs all night long, yeah. just UFOs and aliens. And then he just said, I'd love for you to be in our label. There you go. And that was that. And our band came so, so, in. So when you after. ended up leaving church till you came back, how long was that? It was almost 15 years on 15 the button. 15 years? Okay. That's about, about that for me. 92 to 2007. And it was the strangest thing. Because like we said, like I had a great experience. I had a great church. I had right. great pastors. I had a great church family. And I didn't just wake up one day and say, I'm doing this instead. Yeah. Just a couple little decisions here and there. And the, the Brainiac part, the band part, that was awesome. But along the way, I made some really bad personal decisions. <laughs> like epic. We're talking like, well, I, I, when I do things, I do it right. I go all out. Extended so, edition. Extended director's cut <laughs> of the prodigal so son. <laughs> and it was so weird, though. I tell you the truth, like I've said this before earlier, that when I would see you, though, it would be like you didn't do any of those things. Right? <laughs> you're like, like the, oh, Tyler. You're the, you're oh, the. Uh, 15 years later? Hi, man. You're the parent that's, uh, what do you call that? They're just <laughs> deflecting or ignoring yeah, or whatever. Totally like Look over there. Jason, I yeah. he's, he's come in and yeah. he's done and he wants to do this. You know, oh, I remember D, one of the things that made, meant so much to me, because when I came back, to the church, I wasn't just like a spiritual mess. I was also a physical mess. I was almost 350 pounds, and I was so embarrassed. I mean, it was just it, something that it was it dominated my every thought. What are people going to think? And so I had to show up this church. Not only that I took off for 15 years, but I missed your wedding. 
I missed the tragedy that happened with Jeff and his first wife. I was, always felt bad about that. I missed all these really important life events. Then on top of that, I had to show up like a beached whale, you know, to church. <laughs> I'm, I'm just being honest. But I remember like second or third Sunday, I just kept coming back. I couldn't get enough. I kept coming back. And I remember Darren came up to me and he said, man, I got to tell you, there's just a glow about you. I don't remember this. Mm. You said, there's just something about you. You're like glowing. You're completely aglow. And I just, that meant so much to me because mm. I was still 340 pounds. Well, but I was, but you saw, the reason I even bring that up is you said you just saw us as we were. I, 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 I just never, sense? I just never thought it would be any other way. Yeah. It would never end up any other way because, you know, being with Rodney, being with you, being with Jason, with Jeff, with Pastor, I would be like, in my mind, I was like, there is no way you can dismantle that for any longer term than is totally necessary here. Right. Because it's, it's <laughs> bound to be. It's what's, I think Jason said this one time. He said, it's just in the cards. It's, it's just, yeah. it's just what we've been dealt. It's, it's not, you're going to have to play the cards that were dealt to you. And we're not going to let you do any other thing than that. That's funny you say that because um, I've heard people talk about that, like, like the way being raised in church impresses upon you. Even if you reject it all, you're rejecting something. That's part of your identity. Is yeah, it's like still you part can't of you. get it away from it. I it's can't. stuck with you no matter what. And that's even, a great perspective. Even that you rejecting guys have, it, that you are the rejecting person. It's still there. You know what I mean? But you retain. I always sensed that both of you retained the, it, no matter how, where. You ended up, no matter when yeah, I would go to there. Canal Street to watch him or go to Canal Street to watch you, I would, you know, I'm just, oh man, I, I just had a, a vision in my head. It was almost like a, a two, a parallel vision. Like, like man, this is really going to work out awesome when they come back to church here. This is going <laughs> to yeah, be right. amazing. Like, I'm totally optimistic. Think, I'm serious. Yeah. I was totally like naive. Like, say, oh, they're just hanging out, doing their thing. I mean, yeah. we'll get back to doing this pretty soon. Well, and you know what? And it's, we, it's we a, come crawling. Back. <laughs> yeah. I was, and I was like, okay, let's go. And it's, and it really is a slippery slope because I mean, first and foremost, I would never want anyone to have to go through what I went through. Like not in a million years. Yeah, it was, yeah, destruct it was destructive. Yes. I should be dead many times over. It's by the grace of God that I'm even alive. And I wouldn't recommend that or want that for anybody. But having said that, it's just, that experience that I went through, one, helps me to relate to people that I wouldn't been able to, to relate to without that and, and share Jesus. But also, I just, for me, I cannot deny the existence of God Amen. and his grace because I've just having been face down in the gutter, mm. I, I, I just can't, I can't deny it. And then the it's end, almost it's a it. weird luxury in a bizarre way. I wouldn't want anyone to go through it, but just having been through it, I just know. Right. Yeah. Well, it's uh. Hey, who's that? Hey, we got, we got a, a friend here. Well, I always saw myself one thing. I know we got to wrap up, but one thing I always saw myself as. I've been here the whole time. 
the whole time only because I'm a chicken to do the stuff that you guys did. <laughs> I'm chicken. I'm, I was afraid of it. I just never did. But anyway, I saw myself. I remember some dude came here and said, he looked at me. This was in the prophecy time. You know, when people used to give you prophet words. Yeah, give you words. Give yeah. you words. Just for you. He said, he goes, uh, you're scaffolding to this place. Stuff is going to be built behind you. I was like, cool. I've always felt that way about myself. That's awesome. Which brings me to this. Jeff was gone. You were gone. That's right. You were gone. I was here, but I was scaffolding, and you guys have now come and taken it, this church, to a whole awesome, different, powerful, better, stronger, <laughs> more awesome level than I think it has ever been. Wow. You... Jason and Jeff have become an, another beacon to the people of our church. We love you guys. We appreciate what you're doing. And I've been at the post office now for 15 years. This is my 15th wow. year. We, gotta get, what's, we need a numerology expert in here. Right. Mm. Now, I've been away. Now, I... After the youth group, I was like, "Man, I, I'm just yeah, gonna go." Uh, well, yeah, I'm like, You're I'm, here. Gonna get, I'm just gonna get. I'm gonna get me a regular like, job for the love of all <laughs> things. For the love of God, give me. A, so I got me a regular job for 15 years now. That's been 15 years. Yeah, it's been 15 years. Oh. Wow. And uh, I can't tell you how fast it has gone, and how I'm I'm literally enjoying myself watching you guys. <laughs> It's really cool to see what God has done through and in this staff, watching it from outside now. I was inside for 25 years, but watching it from the outside now, it's better now. It's better, stronger, faster, sleeker, more creative. You got this knucklehead back here running the show. Ian, we got Ian, Ian the computer. We got a, the band is... A bazillion times better. The, uh, everything, so man. I'm telling you, people. I'm just not rub. You know. <laughs> now I get it. You're... Please understand. We appreciate everything you guys have done over the last decade. Jeff being here brings a whole new dynamic, and you guys are perfect together. Perfect. Now, only reason now me on the outside looking in now is like, D, why don't you do more? Why don't you do this? this? I'm like, I can't have Jeff bossing me around, man. It's not going to happen. Not, that's it's a once. Not that's a once in a lifetime. Too well. it's, a, it's a deal breaker, man. I'm no. like, D, can you like? No, man, shut up. So you guys yeah, can't say brother-in-law. <laughs> just, but it's that's, been, a, that's another podcast. Yeah, it's a whole that's other a, podcast that Jeff and I will series. have to do. Jeff and I will have to do that podcast. But thanks to Ian, thank you, man. We love Ian. What God's doing through him. Love this church. Love the staff. It's awesome. Right. Well, that's pretty full circle. I like ending on how awesome we are. Yes. <laughs> uh, anything that's about me is a good, fitting ending. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Thanks so much for tuning in with us. Uh, we'll be back again. Thanks Something for else. the opportunity, guys. I appreciate you guys. Love you. Adios. Later. <laughs>